Clint Kubiak joining the San Francisco 49ers staff in some coordinator role. Young Shanahan now reuniting all the young Kubiaks on the San Francisco 49ers coaching staff. And Trey Lance speaks about his arm fatigue issues from last offseason. All that more on today's Locked On 49ers. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers. Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker with you at BD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked On 49ers is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on today to get started. Big news, Croc. Kind of getting a curveball thrown at us here with the 49ers coaching staff coming together after getting some coaches poached away, which is an annual event for the San Francisco 49ers. And there was a report earlier on this week that Clint Kubiak, who is Gary Kubiak's son, he is Clay Kubiak's older brother, was going to join D'Amico Ryan's staff with the Houston Texans. And there was a report earlier this week that tight ends coach, on the San Francisco 49ers staff was going to be elevated to a coordinator role, Brian Flurry. Uh, but now Tom Pelissero breaks news for the San Francisco 49ers and us before we go live here on this Thursday evening, Friday morning edition of Locked On 49ers. Thanks everybody who's already jumping in live with us here. We're going to get into the chat in a little bit from Tom Pelissero of NFL.com. The 49ers are hiring Clint Kubiak to a top role on Kyle Shanahan's offensive staff, replacing Bobby Slowick per sources. Kubiak, the former Vikings offensive coordinator and Broncos quarterback coach, steps into a spot that has been a promotion factory, with Slowick most recently becoming Houston's offensive coordinator. Clint Kubiak being the older brother of Clay Kubiak. Clay Kubiak, the younger brother, already on the San Francisco 49ers staff as assistant quarterbacks coach. And of course, both of those Kubiaks, the sons of Gary Kubiak, Croc, and the connections don't stop there because Gary Kubiak was a former 49ers quarterback coach in the 90s. Who was his offensive coordinator at the time? Well, that was none other than Mike Shanahan. Then when Mike Shanahan became head coach, then Gary Kubiak became offensive coordinator. Then later on, Gary Kubiak became head coach of the Houston Texans. And who coached under Gary Kubiak with the Houston Texans? None other than Kyle Shanahan, and guess who was also one of the, the players on that Gary Kubiak team? That was linebacker D'Amico Ryans, who is now the head coach of the those same Houston Texans. So I hope everybody got that. Croc, you got all that down? There's a lot I, of connections here in the Nepotism Football League. I got all that. Basically, it, it starts at the top with Kubiak and, and filters into to Shanahan, and then you can have a job because I know your dad, and then all right, I take care of you because I know your dad, and then, hey, I coached under your dad, so you brothers come coach with me. Uh, I, I like it. That's what I would do. You know, if I was in the league now, they are I, – I think the NFL is trying to do things so things like that don't quite happen. Like, just in the sense of, you know, just like you know the minority hires and things like that, right? Like, if let's say Shanahan's not the only one doing that. Let's say that's going on on all 32 teams. Yeah. Well, if everybody just hires – who who they know or you know whatever like it kind of doesn't have you don't have as many of the minorities moving up now that hasn't been the issue with the 49ers clearly right i mean they're getting minority coordinators hired as coach head coaches so um and that's not something to worry about with the niners but just i think when when you look at the league and kind of 
what you just explained, I think those are the things where they're trying to have a little bit, you know, like, no, let's not, let's not all do that. Right. And look, and Kyle Shanahan's done a good job of hiring coaches that he knows and he knows that will do a good job. And that he, and, and so it's, you know, I, I don't think he's just hiring his buddies at this point, right? He's hiring people he believes in. And Clint Kubiak's got experience. Clint Kubiak's been a play caller in this league. He was uh, an offensive coordinator for the Minnesota Vikings last year. Not a great scenario. He wasn't calling plays, but he was on the staff with Nathaniel Hackett uh, coaching Russell Wilson and, you know, the dumpster fire that was the Dem Denver Broncos last year. But he's, got, he's a guy with coordinator experience. I don't know if he'll be passing game coordinator, which is an open position that Bobby Slowick just had when he left to be offensive coordinator of the Houston Texans, or if he'll just be full-on offensive coordinator. Uh, the report was that Brian Fleury, the tight ends coach, was was going to be elevated to quote unquote offensive coordinator. So I don't know, uh, you know, of course those those weren't confirmed, and that ended up not being the case. So we'll see what the exact title is for Clint Kubiak. But uh, Clint Kubiak now joining the San Francisco 49ers staff, and a smart move for anybody who wants to uh, pursue more jobs and be uh, hired away for more money and and better titles in the NFL. There's no team better right now than the San Francisco 49ers and coaching under Kyle Shanahan. So a very smart move, I think, on Clint Kubiak's part. And he gets to work with his little bro, little brother, Clay Kubiak. And, and not only that, like, guys are getting hired, but it feels like a cool vibe amongst the coaches. They're kind of like young, like, hipsters. And, you know, I've been a part of this uh, – I don't even know if I'm allowed to say it, but on, on this show. But a part of this thing, and I got this, like, they, they, they flew me out to uh, Brooklyn, New York, and I got to kind of go to their headquarters and things like that. And it had like this cool, like hipster vibe. And I wonder what's going, if that's what's going on amongst the 49ers, like coaching staff, where uh, they got some OGs in there, like Anthony Lynn. But there's a lot of these kind of like young, cool, hip guys and more of a relaxed kind of environment. But just, hey, do your job at the highest level, but we're going to keep it pretty chill. Thomas says Kubiak was also on the staff when Bill Musgrave was the Vikings offensive coordinator and Musgrave was coached by Gary Kubiak and Mike Shanahan. Bill <laughs> Musgrave was former. Yeah. In, in the 49ers, right? Uh, he was a 49ers backup quarterback. Was he not? Or was he just a Bill Musgrave? Yeah, he was a, he was 49ers backup quarterback or was he 49ers quarterback coach at some point? You know, a quarterback coach that's kind of like flying under the radar as like he's not he, when you hear his name you don't really get the 49er connections but he's like doing big things right now uh let's see if we're on the same page here no i'm not uh coach day the, the one over with ohio state oh right yeah because he was on uh he was on the like early alex smith era staffs as quarterback coach right is that what it was? I mean, was whenever it? it was. I mean, I know he was on the 49ers staff, but when you hear his name and what he's doing at Ohio State, you it never gets tied back to, like, anything with San Francisco. But he I, was I 49ers quarterback on, coach. 49ers staff, but he's 49ers quarterback coach, but I don't remember exactly when that was. Um, let's see. Quarterback's coach under – it was under Chip Kelly. Yeah. Okay. So not even okay. that long ago. <laughs> I thought for some reason I thought it was even pre-Harbaugh. So it was post-Harbaugh that Ryan Day was the quarterback's coach for uh yeah, he's too young to be pre-Harbaugh, probably. Um but so that's so that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, as far as coaches and trees and things like that, obviously nobody talks about a Chip Kelly tree, but like, man, Day that was a kind of like what he's doing right now for Ohio State, like half Halflin, who was the or Halfley, Jeff Jeff Halfley, uh, Jeff his Halfley. DB coach, he's doing his thing at Boston College if he's still there. But um 
you know, and, and he was at Ohio State too. And maybe that's where that connection was. See, see how that works? Like he was at Ohio State, coaching under day. Uh, but um, yeah, big, big connect connections there to the 49ers. What I'm hearing is 49ers is just this, it's the ultimate coaching tree. Because, I mean, we didn't even mention all the other guys. I mean, there are a ton of big-time coaches that all came through San Francisco. I mean, it's the coaching factory. Dude, um, San Francisco State University, it's not just it, – it's the it's it's the whole Bay Area, right? Because uh, Shane Steichen – I was on KMBR recently with FP Santangelo, and Shane Steichen went to um, – I don't remember which school it was, but he went to high school at the same place FP went. It was also the same place that Ross Dwelly went to high school. Ross Dwelly apparently threw like 94 as a oh, pitcher really? back in the day. Yeah, before he chose football as his as his main thing. And he was a he was a pitching um he was a big time pitcher in high school and just I mean, imagine that. Imagine you're like, "Okay, I'm going to be 6'4, 6'5, I throw 94, but also I could have an NFL career." playing football. Well, I was talking to somebody on Twitter and and he was like, "Oh man, look at uh the number 50 for the Dodgers." I don't know why I'm blanking on his name right now. Uh, for the for the Alfred? Dodgers, Mookie Betts. Yeah, Mookie Betts. Oh my yeah. bad. So um, somebody was showing Mookie Betts, and it just showed him doing all these different sports, and he's dunking basketballs, and he's doing all these things. And the guy was like, "Wow, like you know, like this guy's amazing." And I'm like, really, most of these like elite athletes, like guys that are athletes at the highest levels, can play down near any sport. And it's like they choose to play a certain sport. Like if they wanted to devote their time to other sports. They'd be really good. Now, obviously, there's height limitations and things like right. that. But Mookie Betts is not only like amazing athlete and can play all these sports. He's like a an awesome bowler too. It's just like everything. Yeah, he's just great yeah. at everything. Like literally everything. It's unbelievable. Uh, but by the way, San Francisco State they called it the cradle of coaches for a while. Mike Holmgren, Andy Reid coached at San Francisco State University. They don't even have a football program anymore. Well, okay, we're going there. And Stockton is <laughs> not the Bay Area. Stockton is the Valley. Yeah, but uh, notable coaches out of Stockton, California: uh, uh, John Gruden, Hugh Jackson, Pete Carroll. Come on, man! Come on, Stockton, California, stand up. Let's go. Oh, here we go. Yeah, Oak Ridge High School. That's it. Austin Collie as well. Peyton Manning's favorite receiver for a short time there from Oak Ridge High School as well in El Dorado Hills. Um, yeah, it, uh, amazing how a lot of these athletes are like that. Adam Dunn was a big-time quarterback. I think he played college quarterback as as well before he went on to be a major leaguer. Todd Helton was Peyton Manning's backup in college before he became uh, an all-star first baseman in the NFL as well. So, yeah, pretty unbelievable stuff there uh, for some of these athletes. And when you're big and fast and strong, and uh, you're going to stand out in a lot of sports. Yeah. Much like there are a lot of guys that played multiple, multiple sports in college yeah. as well. And, you know, it doesn't get talked about, but I mean, like Julius Peppers, right? Like that comes to mind. I didn't even know Julius Peppers, the football player. I knew Julius Peppers, the basketball player at UNC. <laughs> and I guess I wasn't watching North Carolina football yeah. at that time. You know, I was kind of younger, but I watched him definitely playing for North Carolina. And I'm like, oh, number one overall pick in football, huh? I'm like, he's good at football too? <laughs> All right. A, a couple more notes on on. Clint Kubiak, the, the newest member of the San Francisco 49ers coaching staff, will find out exactly what his role is going to be on that staff and, and the staff now coming together for the San Francisco 49ers. And let's talk Trey Lance as well. He was on a podcast with Quincy Avery, a quarterback guru that um, numerous quarterbacks have worked with. And he talked about the arm fatigue, among other things, uh, from last offseason, which was a big non it was a big storyline that should have been a non-storyline for the most part. Next. Today's episode brought to you by FanDuel. 
It's the midway point now of the NBA season, and it's the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Of course, the NFL season's over, but that doesn't mean you can't bet on the NFL anymore. There's tons of draft props at FanDuel, and there's going to be more and more in those as, as we get closer and closer to the NFL draft. There is NFL futures as well. Bet on who's going to win the next Super Bowl in the NFL, but of course, NBA hoops and new customers now can get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000 on bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure. The website is super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from money line to point scorers and three drains, threes drained in uh, NFL and college hoops. Of course, it's almost tourney time as well. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with same game parlays. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets back when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Thank you once again, everybody, for making Locked On 49ers, your first listen every day. Make sure you check out Locked On NFL Draft, the Peacock and Williamson NFL show, and everything the network has to offer, including daily shows on your favorite teams like the 49ers, but every other team that you like as well. College, uh, NBA, Major League Baseball, all covered right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's really hard to comment on assistant coaches, Croc, and I get asked the question a lot. It's like, oh, who's the hot hire? Who's the 49ers hire for blank role? And it's just really hard to know exactly the work that goes in behind the scenes. So it's hard to comment. When you have the last name Kubiak, it kind of rings out a little bit. So it seems like it could be a pretty good hire for the 49ers. He's got experience. He grew up in the Kubiak household. They're, you know, they're the, the Shanahan tree, the Kubiak tree, all kinds of kind of goes together. And you know they know how to scheme up a run game, right? If you're a Shanahan or a Kubiak, you're going to run some outside zone and you're going to get space for running backs to run through. So that's what I think of when I think of Kubiak's, when I think of Shanahan's, and I'm sure that's going to be a big part of what the 49ers are doing right now, but um, he might be more pass game coordinator than run game coordinator because the 49ers already have a run game coordinator in offensive line coach Chris Forrester. So I don't know if that means they're going to erase that and just go offensive coordinator with Clint Kubiak or he's going to be passing game coordinator, but um it's hard to it's just hard to comment on exactly the job that that coordinators and um, especially non play calling assistant coaches do in the NFL, except for looking at their position group and saying, well, that's working. So they must be doing something right. Well, it, it sounds like with Kyle Shanahan, they assist him with all you, everything to kind of throw. they throw the alley-oop to Shanahan and then yeah. Shanahan comes through and dunks it. Yes. Right. Exactly. So they kind of not saying they do all the dirty work, but they make sure that Shanahan is set up for success. And he puts people around him that understand how he thinks and, and how he sees the field. And they pick out those things. They understand how to attack it. He goes in, puts his little finishing touches on it. And then he does a great job of getting it to the team and making it to where they understand exactly what the game plan is. And then they go out and execute at a high level. OKV says more play action, more bootlegs. Uh, yeah, don't be surprised with play action and bootlegs on this offense with Shanahan's and Kubiak's. And look, athletic quarterbacks, whether it's Purdy or whether it's Trey Lance, these dudes can get out on the move, right? So get them, get them moving, use their strengths. And uh, and so I can see a lot of more bootlegs here with the, the 2023 version of the San Francisco. They, they have to do a better job. Remember, there was that coaching thing that came out, the rankings or like play callers. And Kyle, I don't even know if he was top 10. Do you remember that? No. Oh, man. Who was it? I want to say maybe it was PFF. And their big issue was on his play fakes and stuff, people weren't biting on it. 
And I mean, essentially, that's how Purdy got hurt. Exactly. Right? Like not biting on the face. Comes to mind. Yeah. So people, people know that he's going to call so much play action that they have to stop biting on it, which would seem to help your running game if that was the case. But yeah, they're, they're getting coached up to not bite on the play action because they know it's coming. Oh, man, they're going right to a court. I, I feel like uh, Trey Lance against the Seahawks, it was not, not the play he got hurt on, but the drive prior, he, let's see, I think 49ers got three points out of it, but he had threw a pass and it was incomplete where he booted out of there and the guy never dove down, like never. He literally just went straight for Trey Lance. Trey Lance turned around and if he would have had a little bit more time, he probably had a touchdown to Kyle Juszczyk if he just makes a throw. But it's like the guy never bit on the play fake. He just went straight to Trey. Trey turned around like, oh, dang, and then goes and throws the ball, and he kind of just has to throw it away. And I, I felt like that was something that was happening a lot to the 49ers where I didn't feel like people were really just biting on the play fakes as much anymore. It's funny because a lot of what the advanced analytics will tell you about play action is it's not about the run game. And because, because, you know, they establish the run is the big thing. And if you have to run the ball a certain amount of times, and you have to run it well or else the play action is not going to work. And the numbers really don't bear that out. It's just how well you pull off whatever play you're trying to pull off. And, uh, and it actually goes counter if you if you're doing play action so much that teams are now keying on play action more than they're even keying on what the the run action you're trying to throw at them is. And but that would you know you would think that that would at least help you because they're not firing downhill on the run game at much as much. But maybe there's an indicator on top of it that's telling them whether it's going to be play action or an actual run earlier in the play, so they can key on which one it actually is, or they're not worried about what you're trying to do with their edge guys and and get them to crash on the run. And they're just like, look, edge guy, go hit the quarterback. Yeah, right. Maybe they're just thinking, you're not going to get to this play on the to the backside of you regardless. Yeah. So just go get the quarterback just in case. And it feels like they're always right on the just in case. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Trey Lance. Let's get into Trey Lance a little bit here. Um, did you uh, – I didn't hear the whole conversation with Quincy Avery, but I saw the quotes and, and, and really the main one I wanted to focus on was the stuff about last off season and, and Trey Lance and, uh, and the arm fatigue stuff. And cause I know there was just, it was the story that was so weird and everyone was so weirded out about this and it made such a big deal about it. And I, it, I think the way the reports were worded and, um, they made it seem like it was a bigger – it's like, oh, my goodness, he, he got arm fatigue. And there was a lot of pushback, I feel like, on the people that were reporting that, like, oh, you guys are just making stuff up. But what it sounds like now is they weren't making it up, but definitely blowing it out of proportion. Right, and, and they, they didn't give any context to it. So it's like their sources were correct. There was some dead arm stuff, but then the reports got – they, they it was reported as if there was this big problem, this ongoing thing. It was like, okay, well, was he having dead arm during the season and he couldn't practice and couldn't play? And that really wasn't the case. It was just like he was through so much. And Trey Lance talked about, you know, it was 20 months straight of throwing. He was used to one regiment, you know, he's a young guy playing high school football, plays a season of college football, then COVID hits. And then all of a sudden now he's like, well, I'm gonna start prepping for the draft early. So then it's just like throwing overtime and then he gets drafted and then he's working his butt off to try to get better. And then you're changing your delivery too. So you're just working, working, throwing, throwing, throwing for 20 straight months. And his arm got tired and it was the <laughs> off season. So what did he do? He rested his arm 
and then his arm was fine, right? It's like <laughs> it's it's you know it's not even a big story, but the the way the story snowballed and the way it was reported and everything all together was just like give us some context here on this story. Don't act like this guy's got some damaged goods and some arm that's not going to be able to get through a season that can't get through practices or games. He had a tired arm, he rested it, and it was no longer tired. Why would they? Why would they? You know, give us context. Right, like they want the clicks, they want that outrage from the 49er fan base. Like that's going to generate a lot of attention to their platforms, whatever that is. So they're like, that's what they want. So no, we're not giving context. Hey, I heard his arm got tired. I heard his arm got. A source told me he couldn't throw a ball for you know however long. And really, it was just like, dude, I just threw for 20 months straight, three days, three three times a day. <laughs> like I just got, I just got tired. A Boogie says it's kind of crazy how he had arm fatigue but still played less games than most of the quarterbacks in his class. It's not about the games. It was about the practice. It was about the reps. Yeah, and so while they were yeah, while they were practicing and playing games, he was training that whole time. So the, the whole time he's working out multiple times a day, throwing passes, doing different things. And then, you know, so he's throwing – he might be, you know, during that time throwing more passes. Now – you don't gain experience from that. You're just, you know, working on your arm, you know, working on different things and then having to do it live is different. So he still missed out on that opportunity there. But just in the sense of just throwing past like reps, he was getting a lot of that. And they were trying, if I remember, they were trying to simulate live, uh, kind of this live simulation as much as possible. But, you know, it's, it's, it's impossible. Right. And then if if on top of that, so usually draft prep is where you do so much work. And a lot of guys with their college football season ends. And in January, they start prepping for the NFL draft. And that lasts a couple months. But since COVID knocked out his season, he started doing that in October or whatever. Right. right. So he had that extended period of working out, getting ready for the draft. And, you know, and, and you know what it's like. Croc, you've done your own quarterback pro day right i've seen what that looks like <laughs> i'm sure your arm was a little bit sore i got than- arm fatigue man yeah yeah exactly and uh so it, it's like it was just such a unique situation and he was a unique prospect already and just everything coming together and and how much he threw and then he's trying to tweak his throwing motion as well was part of his his offseason last year as well right and so you're you're working on all of this stuff and i think the big key here is work and I want to get to that next because it's an important part of a quote from Albert Breer's Monday morning quarterback talking about Trey Lance, what's expected of him and what the 49ers hope to get out of him in the 2023 season next. Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. You've heard us talk about this mobile game app, and I can't tell you how much fun we had competing against each other. My fellow Locked On NFL host, Chris Carter of Locked On Steelers, by the way, congrats. He was our Locked On NFL champion with his team building. Well, now it's your turn to compete. More on that later in the coming episodes. We'll talk about how some of the listeners out there can compete with some of the hosts here on the network. If you've ever dreamed of becoming an NFL GM and managing your football franchise, well, Your dream can come true, and this game is definitely for you. Manage every strategic aspect of your team. Play through seasons. You can go build a a dynasty for 25 years if you want to. Ultimate Football GM, you're responsible for controlling the destiny of your franchise by hiring the right coaches and coordinators, trading players. Uh, You can hire all the Shanahan's and Kubiak's you want, right? Uh, Navigating your franchise through free agency and the draft and the ups and downs of a season all in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate football GM is completely free and playable offline play on the go or as you want to. And when 
you want to. And Locked On 49ers listeners get a 100% free boost in their game to the franchise when they use promo code Locked On inside the game store. Download the game at ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app stores. That's ultimate-gm.com, ultimate football GM. Start your dynasty today. Here's the quote from Albert Breer's article this week from uh, the Monday morning quarterback that he does. And it's always good. And he always provides a lot of nuggets here. He said, Lance is well-liked and works his tail off. That's, that, that's, that's a, a huge part of, of this quote that I want to highlight because that's part of why he got the arm fatigue. And that's part of why the 49ers liked him so much, right? How he's built his character. He's going to work and he's been working. He just hasn't had a chance to play in the games and, and fail on the field and, and, and play against the speed of a live game, live defense. It's the last bit that he needs is the reps. And he just hasn't been able to gather that. It was no fault of his own. There was an injury involved last year. He was sitting behind a veteran quarterback as a rookie. He had a COVID year before that. It's not his fault. And he's been working. He just hasn't had the opportunity to play it's the last bit he needs and i can't wait to see what that looks like um but he works hard and that's part of why he had the arm fatigue because he just he didn't want to stop working he's throwing 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 trying to get better um and, and here's the part of the quote croc that that weirds me out a little bit and a lot of it we talked about actually the other day when we were asking the question if if trey lance could be the next jalen hurts uh breer, breer goes on to say lance is not as skilled a runner as the niners had hoped but he's big strong athletic the question really is whether he can improve as a passer he's not that natural of a thrower of the ball but Jalen Hurts wasn't either and he developed so it can happen and if Lance through his work with his personal coaches comes back a different quarterback in the spring and lights it up at OTAs then I think the Niners would be thrilled yeah, okay they, <laughs> they can be a little bit right yeah well they can be thrilled but is that Oh, this yeah, I'm thrilled he's gonna be playing over Brock Purdy. Or is it just like, hey man, great job. Uh Brock, come in here right now as soon as training camp starts. So like it's still to me the biggest question is does it is there anything that he can do that moves the needle? And I just don't think so. I think yeah. you, you hear the players, you hear what they say about Purdy. It's Purdy's job to lose. They love Purdy. He's won games. I don't know what he could do. If I'm Trey Lance and I applaud him for being, um, he's very competitive. He believes in himself. That's awesome. But I, I mean, do I have an opportunity here? And if not, uh, send me <laughs> somewhere else. Right. And, and, and so if I'm Trey Lance and I don't win the job, I want to be somewhere else. I, I need to play. I, I It's almost like he needs to be treated as a rookie this year by some team that needs to, or maybe right. a second year guy. He, he needs to play and he needs a team that's willing to let him play and achieve the ceiling that he has, which is a really high ceiling. Um, but the, part, the running part though, he, he's not. Uh, there's two things that weird me out. So when he says that uh, he's not as skilled a runner as the Niners had hoped. And then he goes on to say, the question is really whether he can improve as a passer. He's not that natural of a thrower of the ball. And it, it just, you hear that, you hear those sentences back to back. And you're like, so what does he do? Well, you blew it. If, I mean, if that's, if he can't, if he's not that great of a runner, not that great of, not that natural of a thrower, what are you doing? Spending all that draft capital to go up in this guy. You missed the evaluation. You missed, you missed on the player. Right. right? It's, it's a terrible move. Um, 
Uh, and he's not, and, and I agree, he's kind of not, he hasn't looked that natural in all of those ways. Uh, but saying not natural of a thrower, he's got a great arm and he throws hard, right? But one of the big knocks on him coming out was like, uh, maybe, maybe he's not as or not as accurate as, as some of the other quarterbacks on some throws and he, and he could get better in that regard. But he's athletic and he's fast. But it's like, ah, but maybe, you know what, he looked really good running around D2 guys, or sorry, D1 AA guys. But he, you know, NFL speed's different. And we saw that with, with multiple times, especially guys like um, Simmons, right, on, on the Cardinals. And he's like, oh, I'm going to go get the edge here. And say, like, yeah, no, you're not going to get that edge. And they tried to truck some guys. He's like, oh, you're not going to truck them either. So they're fast <laughs> and they're strong. Yeah, this is one AA anymore, you know. So it's a big jump. And so it's kind of – I still believe in Trey Lance. But when you hear those things back-to-back, it's like, well, that's what you were banking on. You were banking on his arm and his athleticism. And if he's not a natural runner or a natural thrower – what are we doing? Well, I, I guess it depends on who you talk to because I know, and shout out to my guy Vish. Uh, Vish is on, on Twitter. I just saw him comment on something, so uh, I want to give his full. Here we go. Vish Kamoran. All right, but Vish, we talked about it, I want to say either when he was drafted or right before he was drafted, but his comp for Trey was more Dak Prescott. And you're not doing a whole lot of design run stuff with Dak Prescott. And he just felt like, you know, the way he threw the ball, et cetera, and probably Dak with a stronger arm. But there's times where Dak misses things or whatever, right? So he's closer to that than uh, someone that's probably going to, you know, be a thousand-yard rusher. And when I was watching him, I thought the way that they were developing him was that of someone that they wanted to play from the pocket. Now, obviously, the Arizona game looked a little weird, but – I mean, they could say, oh, not a skill of a pass or whatever, but when I watched him against the Texans, I thought he threw the ball very well. Right. I've seen When him. I watched him against the Bears. I mean, I know he had that one miss, and then it got weird with the torrential downpour, but I thought, you know, through three quarters, he threw the ball well. So I, I didn't see, like, oh, it's not, like, natural. I was like, it looked fine to me. I don't, I don't know. And and then so after the part where it's and I, I disagree a little bit with some of those things because and, and again, a lot of this is not on him. The injuries and, and not playing for multiple seasons. None of that's really none of that's Trey Lance's fault. And it's not Trey Lance's fault if the 49ers missed the evaluation and thought he was a different type of runner than he actually is. That's not their fault either. Right. And or it's not his fault either. And it's not his fault if the thing he needed most was reps and the 49ers weren't willing to give him the reps after they drafted him. Right. So like a lot of this stuff's not his fault. And I feel bad for him because he's been, this is just a weird, awkward, very, very unique, one of a kind situation, a unicorn prospect. We've never seen really anything like this with Trey Lance and, and his resume when he was drafted and all of this and in this path that he's taking right now to start his career. But the last part of that that Breer writes after the part about uh, him as a, a natural runner and a natural thrower. And then it says, if Lance through his work with his personal coaches comes back a different quarterback in the spring and lights it up in the OTAs, I think the 49ers will be thrilled a different quarterback. Like they want a different quarterback. Why, why did you draft him? If you want a different thing, right. Or did yeah. you miss so bad that he's not even close internally? They think, wow, this guy's not even what we thought at all that we were going to draft and, and develop here. And the other thing is how do you become a different quarterback without playing? He hasn't played yet since the last time they saw him. How's he going to be a different quarterback except for everything we've talked about with him throwing against air and throwing and throwing and throwing and working and working. That's fine. But how do you become a different quarterback without playing quarterback? I think the main thing that's very clear is whatever they they missed, they didn't have a plan 
on how to improve on that. Right? Like that seems like mm-hmm. the biggest issue to me. Like what's your plan? Yeah. If you don't have a plan to develop a guy, then there's no there's no nothing. I mean there is My- no like what 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 are you what are you doing? And I think that's what it feels like. It feels like there's no plan. Right? Right, and it has, and, and I totally agree with what you said about the 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 appeal of Lance was that yeah, he's big, and strong, and athletic, and has this great arm, but he's really smart, hardworking guy. Like you, you drafted him because you thought he was a pocket quarterback that could do all of that and develop all of that, but also have athleticism and do some other things around that on top of it. You know, you didn't draft him because oh, cool, we're gonna run zone read all day. You know that we're, we're gonna run. I yeah. didn't think that's why they drafted him. Yeah, you know, the crazy either. thing is. When you watch, I feel like he has put everything on display. It's just not consistent. Now, maybe that's just the signs of a bad quarterback. And it's but, also a, it's really small sample size because we see like if you based your entire your entire idea of, of what Trey Lance is based on at the end of his rookie year, the Texans game, you'd be like, all right, we got something. Let's go. And that's kind of how the 49ers treated it going into last year. And then he got hurt in the beginning of the second game. So we never really got to see it. And would he have, you know, continued that path and that development? But the only game we saw him play was in a monsoon. Right. I, I, I personally feel like because of who he is, I think he'll, he'll figure it out. I just don't know if he'll figure it out for the 49ers because I don't think he'll have that opportunity. And I don't think clearly he never did. If they don't believe in, there's this path to him being the guy that they want him to be, or they've gone past that with uh, Brock Purdy. And you, you just have to have a plan. When it comes to developing guys, there has to be a plan. It's like teaching a kid to read. You're not going to like, okay, day one, you got to read all these big words, right? And then you're learning. It's like, man, you break it down and you have a plan. All right, we're going to do this. Then we're going to do this. And then this is how we're going to progress with your reading. And then, okay, you're going to read the cat in the hat. And then, you know, you start to progress into other books and, Mm -hmm. It's like they want to start with cat in the hat and then just jump to ninth grade level reading. Right. And it's like, it, bro, you can't do that with somebody that needs those other steps in between. <laughs> David Hasselhoff says, Jalen Hurt, by the way, David Hasselhoff, I just showed my son. Uh, appreciate you joining the live stream, by the way, David. Uh, I just showed my son Knight Rider. He was super stoked on the car that could that could talk. He, he was excited about that one. Uh, David Hasselhoff says, Jalen Hurts averaged 52% completion his rookie year. Calm down, everyone. Uh, right. Well, here's the thing is, will Trey Lance be allowed to play a season like that? Yeah. So that's the issue. So let's, let's talk about the Eagles, right? And we talked about in the previous episode, they had a plan. We're going to give you every opportunity. We're going to, we're just, we're just going in on this. Right. And then when the one guy that did try to deter away from the plan, they fired him. Right. Doug Peterson. They said, I right, get him out of here. <laughs> then the next coach said, all right, uh, I, I got you. We're going to stick to the plan and they stick to the plan. And he, got better each year even in second year it was not great right like 52 percent completion percentage and then what was it 60 percent completion percentage right and then now 66 and even then i still don't think he's the purest of throwers now his running that you could take advantage of that and that's what you if you're not good get this you give it that but even with his running i don't see jalen hurts as he's not a dynamic runner it just seems like he's just more confident with what he's seeing than Lance. Like he's not running away from anybody. I think the way Breer put it is perfect. Just natural. He's just more natural 
runner, more fluid, uh, better vision. I think he has a better plan. He's he's run more. He's played more big time football against speed. Um, Which I thought he was running back coming out of college, so it makes right. sense. Yeah, a lot of people did. It was actually a lot of people were surprised he was drafted so high because people weren't really sure if he was that type of quarterback. And uh, but if you took if you took the raw tools and what we had seen from Jalen Hurts at age twenty when he was still in college and Trey Lance at twenty when he was getting drafted, like. I would take Trey Lance every single day. He had a better arm. Uh, he was, you know, very athletic as well. Smart, bigger, or taller at least. Jalen Hurts is strong and built really well. Um, but I, I would have thought that the ceiling is higher and that there's a better chance Trey Lance is a better passer straight from the pocket than Jalen Hurts. But Jalen Hurts had an opportunity. And as Brandon points out here, he also had two top 20 receivers, best offensive line in the league this year. Niners have a lot of weapons and you know, pretty good offensive line as well. But then I think of a guy like uh, Justin Fields. You know, Justin. I, in a lot of ways, I bet Locked On Bears is having the same conversation. Is Justin Fields the next Jalen Hurts, right? Get him some dang weapons. Get him an offensive line. Get him some receivers. We've seen the running ability now, and we've seen the arm. Can we develop the rest because he's got that, you know, because he's on that path that Jalen Hurts was on. It's like, ah, is, he, is he the guy? I'm not sure if he can be that guy. And all of a sudden, boom, you see him take off year three with a lot of talent around him. So put some talent around uh, around Justin Fields. Can he be that? And and it's a different, it's a completely different story, but a similar question for Trey Lance. And it's a completely different offense. And I think that's a big thing too, because if you asked Hurts to, hey, Hurts, go run Kyle's offense, even if you add the run stuff that he likes, but you still have to uh, uh, execute these passing concepts. I think Hurts would struggle as a passer in 49ers offense because especially you have to be right so precise. Yes, especially right away. And, and on the same note, what if you put Jalen Hurts on the Chicago Bears with that talent? Would he, would he have taken his team to the NFC Championship game, to the Super Bowl? Probably not. Right. And he wouldn't have looked as good. It wouldn't have been an MVP candidate with that talent around him. So there's a lot that goes into developing a quarterback is is what we're saying here. Yeah. And they missed a mark on it so right. far. So far. So far. Now, it's th this is what they're banking on now. It's something that is I don't want to say nearly impossible, but it's not very realistic. As a matter of fact, they might not be banking on it. They might just make their have their mind made up that, oh, well, Brock Brady's just better right now. And that's who we're going to go with. But. They're banking on him making this drastic jump that typically doesn't happen without having a lot of ups and downs. So they, they want to skip over that part with live action and just get to the part where you have this finished product. And that will not happen. It's well, not I don't want to say not. I never say just something can't happen, but it's less likely it's, it's <laughs> to happen. Very, very highly unlikely to happen. Yeah, because everybody, anybody that y'all think of that, you know, and a lot of people throw Josh Allen out there just because of the development curve, but you could throw a lot of other quarterbacks out there as well. Uh, they went through a lot of stuff. They just had to go through it. Right. And the coaches in, in that time just kept figuring it out with them. Dude, Steve Young wasn't good until he was 30. <laughs> right? And he was that same guy, like athletic dude, came, you know, had to figure it out on a bad roster. Was was almost out of the league with the Bucks just because I mean, it was not working, and and then he had to sit and sat behind Joe Montana, sat with with Walsh, and had to figure out figure it out. Then he got on the field a little bit and played a lot part time, and you know started to play a little bit, and then finally became his job. And then all of a sudden, boom! Now he's an MVP candidate, and it didn't happen until he was in his thirties. He had to go through so much stuff, but he played a lot of football in that time. Played a lot of football in college, um, but he was a wild stallion, you know, super athletic guy. Had to learn how to play from the pocket instead of 
run all the time and, and take off early. And so, um, yeah. It's, I saw it's, someone in the comments, uh, not in the comments right now, but like I had read some uh, YouTube comments and they were like, well, you guys are baby and Trey Lance. They're like, we're not baby. We're just telling you what he needed. And if he didn't get it, then it just it just is what it is. And, and it's not like a it's it's not like this hindsight thing either. Do you remember our podcasts before the season in twenty twenty one after Trey Lance was drafted? It was yeah. this, it was the same conversation. The one thing Trey Lance needs more than anything is reps, so he's got to play some. And through some injuries, even though he wasn't the starter all year, he he had an opportunity. They kind of did the part time thing at first, and then scrapped that. Uh, and then he had a chance to play part of a game when Jimmy got Which hurt. was weird. You did the part-time thing. He threw a touchdown on the first drive, and then it's just like, okay, we're just not putting you back in for multiple games. Yeah, what? it's super strange. Um, but, you know, that was probably Kyle. Now we looking back, it's probably Kyle just not knowing what to do with him and, and him not really being ready. Um, and, and Kyle not willing to, to go through that development phase uh and then he ends up late in the year plays the game because texans like all right let's start to look a little better this looks pretty good this is something to work with but he got he got to play at least a little bit in his rookie season uh but obviously now then year two gets hurting so he still hasn't had a chance to to do that development and play and and still it's the it's the thing we said after he was drafted and it's still the thing trey lance still needs the reps can he get him with the San Francisco 49ers is the question is there anything he can do this offseason to earn those reps in the regular season next year Versus a healthy Brock Purdy. We'll find out. We'll find out. And we'll get more clues, of course. And uh, we'll continue our off-season coverage here every single day on Locked On 49ers. Getting into some other position groups. Talking about edge rushers next. Who's going to team up with Bosa on the 2023 roster? Talk to you then. Right here, Locked On 49ers.